Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, PCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. This is episode 406 of the TCK Pod. I have a very special uh, guest. Kind of odd to call him a guest, uh, but I'll bring him in in just a little bit here. And we are talking AFC West team previews, but we're only breaking down half. Bobby is going to get the other half for you later on this week. Today, we're breaking down the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. If you're watching live, please jump on and give us a subscribe right here on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, and you can find me on Instagram also. And make sure to give a rate and review anywhere you're listening to the Believe Podcast Networks. Shouts out to our new Believe family. If you're watching live here, you can also jump in to the comments section if you like and give us your thoughts on this year's Las Vegas Raiders team for fantasy football and or the Denver Broncos. We're going to be breaking it down for you. And without any further ado, I welcome in our quote-unquote guest but longtime co-host of the TCK pod. I welcome back my good brother, Lucas Kaser, coming out of retirement, breaking down the Denver Broncos. Man, it's really good to have you back, man. You've been extremely busy doing some personal things from last season, and uh, I was able to have you dust off the rust a little bit and join us for your Denver Broncos to break down the AFC preview. Before we get into this, man, give us a quick recap. How you been? Been good. And, uh, I guess I'm an adult now with a, a real big boy job and just kind of doing that <laughs> and finding, finding things outside to do. Um well, I can before we get snow for five months here, but doing good. Uh, excited to talk about the Broncos. I haven't listened to like a ton of uh, an informational podcast, if you will, or news podcast. So I'm kind of excited. It was kind of cool to like dig back into some, some stuff and kind of get that rolling. Um, still probably a little early before I start going super heavy into it, maybe about a month or so, but still will be good to chat it up a little bit here. Well, that's great, man. Again, very excited to have you back and I uh, appreciate you. Um, stepping away from uh, the big boy life. Welcome to the party, yeah. right? Um, I, I'm excited. I know you're doing some other things uh, in your personal life. Uh, again, you and Dwayne both, and I've been mentioning that to the uh, podcast listeners for quite a while. Um, but uh, again, I appreciate you jumping in, and uh, we're going to have some fun today. Before we get into this, I actually want to uh, jump in and quickly give a shout out to our friends at the Jersey Jungle. We'll get a sponsor done right off the bat here. I want to give a shout out to the Jersey Jungle you can go to the Instagram and find the Jersey Jungle, DM them, hit up my boy Trenton, get 10% off of one jersey, 10% off of two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Use the promo code TCK for any NFL jersey, NBA jersey. You got the Suns and the Bucks in the NBA Finals. If that's your jam, you can get up their jerseys. You can get the throwback jerseys home and away as well. You can get some rookie NFL jerseys if you'd like. You can get some throwbacks also to match the new NFL policies coming in 2022 and 23. We have the baseball all-star game coming up as well. You can catch some of your favorite baseball all-stars. They also have hockey, world soccer, and they have custom jerseys as well. So make sure to go to Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Hit the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys, and my boy Trenton will hook you up. Lucas, it's been quite a while, man. What do you think about uh, the new jerseys, the new rookie class for the Broncos? We haven't talked to you much. Are there any recent jerseys for the Broncos, or maybe it's an NBA team, baseball's in full swing? What are you feeling? What are maybe a jersey or two you got to have on your wall ASAP? 
Well, I think I need, I need to get an upgrade eventually. So I don't know. I can't. I, mean, I think I've told the story about all the jerseys I buy. The players get traded or blah blah blah. Like I said, there's one. Yeah, I think Sutton's probably the one or Judy that I'll probably get. I'm going to a couple of games this year, different teams and whatnot. So I might have to uh, pick up some some non Broncos teams as well too. So. I love it. I love it. All right, man, let's dive into this. I'm going to get us started here today to kind of give us the flow of this new segment. Again, you and I are breaking down the Raiders and the Broncos. Bobby and a special guest to be named will be breaking down the Chiefs and the Chargers later this week to break down the entire AFC West. And then we will move on next week to another division and break down some more teams. We're going to be having a lot of guests here on the podcast, and we're extremely excited about that. So let me jump in here, and we'll start with the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, I grew up down in the Bay Area, as many of you know. I'm a 49er fan, but I'm also a Bay Area fan, and I watched many, many Raiders games growing up as well. So let's dive into this here. All right, we're going to break down every position for the team preview. Of course, there's some backups that aren't as relevant, but we're going to break down the team previews, and let's get started with Derek Carr. Current ECR, expert consensus ranking of quarterback 23, He has an ADP average draft position of quarter 26, so kind of a high-end middle QB2. Surprisingly, Lucas, last year, Derek Carr actually finished as the QB13 in 2020. That surprised me. I knew he actually had a better season than I expected, but he finished QB13 last year, which surprised me quite a bit. That's his best fantasy finish since 2016 when he was kind of in that MVP race, at least until the end there. He had a career-high quarterback rating of 101.4 he had a career high in passing yards 4,103 career high in rushing yards as well with 140 and rushing touchdowns with three and he had the most passing touchdowns since 2016 with 27 on the season so actually quite an impressive season last year with Derek Carr with not an impressive wide receiving core outside of Darren Waller who of course we'll get to in just a little bit Pro Football Focus ranked the Raiders' offensive line as 24th strongest after 2020. They're 25th. They've lost a spot heading into 2020. We know that they let a handful of guys go uh, to free agency, to trades. They drafted Alex Leatherwood, 17th overall from Alabama, kind of a surprising pick at the time, and they get Richie Incognito back at offensive guard this year as well. So we'll see what the Raiders can do to protect Derek Carr, but last year it was quite porous. They were better in the run versus the pass, so we'll see if that helps Derek Carr. So again, he finished 13th last year, and now he's dropped 10 uh, 10 positions to ECR to QB23. My boy Marcus Mariota still on the roster. I was hoping he would get released or traded this year to get another opportunity, but he has not. Unfortunately, we're not worried about him maybe in Superflex or QB uh, two leagues, but he is still on the roster. So keep an eye on him if you're in Dynasty potentially. Let's go to the running backs here. Josh Jacobs at Kenyon, uh, Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs, current RB22 in ECR, RB21 in ADP. And Kenyon Drake, RB36 in ECR, and ADP 35. So each of these guys are getting drafted one spot higher than the expert consensus ranking has them. Josh Jacobs last year finished eighth in 2020, playing two more games than 2019. He played 15 in 2019, played 13, uh, excuse me, played 15 games last year in 2020, played 13 in 2029. His yards per attempt actually went down. 0.9, so nearly a full yard from last year. 
he rushed for 85 less yards on 31 more carries. So the efficiency for Josh Jacobs went down, unfortunately, last year. Jacobs had five more rushing touchdowns in 2020 in, again, two more games, and he had 13 more receptions last year than he did in 2019. I feel like 2020 was his ceiling, though, especially with Kenyon Drake coming in for Vegas, so we'll see what happens there. I'll go over Kenyon Drake here, and then Lucas will get your feedback quickly on quarterback and running backs here for the Raiders. Kenyon Drake last year finished 16th in 2020, finished 17th in 2029, and finished 14th in 2018, respectively. But bad news for Josh Jacobs, I think, inside the 10-yard line. I mentioned this when I broke down the Cardinals' backfield for this year with James Carner and Chase Edmonds. I brought up Kenyon Drake from last year with the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake had a career year in 2020. He rushed for nearly 1,000 yards, 955. He had 10 touchdowns in over 15 games, and he added 25 catches, 137 receiving yards. Inside the five-yard line, Kenyon Drake had the – he was fifth in rush attempts with eight, and he scored four touchdowns on those eight rush attempts inside the five-yard line, so 50% solid. He was 12th in fantasy points inside the five-yard line, and inside the 10-yard line, he was fifth in rush attempts with 13th as well. So if Kenyon Drake takes the inside rushing game away from Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs has also lost efficiency overall – that could be a real struggle for Josh Jacobs, who finished eighth last year. But again, he only missed one game. And we know with running backs, if you play even 12 games in a 16-game season, you're probably at least an RB2. Are you confident in Josh Jacobs overall? Do you think Kenyon Drake is worth drafting? He's basically getting drafted as a back end, you know, kind of an RB3. Josh Jacobs an RB2. And then Derek Carr as well as a middle QB2. So how do you feel so far about Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and Kenyon Drake before we get to the receivers and Darren Waller. Yeah, I think the Derek Carr thing, I mean, he's a really good real-time real, real time quarterback. And I guess for you or people listening, doing there's Scott Fishbowl. From what I – I didn't do much research. I understand he's probably a pretty good pick in the Scott Fishbowl and the satellites just due to the structure of the points. Um, but I think, uh, like, the way I think about quarterback ADP is, like, he's always going to finish higher than his ADP because quarterbacks are going to miss one or two games. Granted, he could too, right? But, like, he hasn't. Well, except last year, the Mariota game. Like, besides that kind of – he just kind of finishes higher because the quarterback's going to tear their ACL, miss three, four games, et cetera, get benched. So, like, he's always going to finish higher, uh, but there's not really much to take away from that. Um, the running backs – it's interesting because I think I'd, we'd have a better idea if they had more receiving weapons outside of Darren Waller. Like it's it's kind of a weird when they I remember when they first signed Kenyon Drake, everyone was confused, obviously, right? And there was reports that he might play receiver. I don't know how valid like that report is, but I think it was more of a report to like we don't have enough receivers. We need to use him more than we think we do. Um, unless Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards are gonna sort of step up into the roles that people thought they were going to have last year, which from what I understand, the ADPs don't really show that, right? Ruggs is, I don't know, I don't know if you mentioned his ADP from last year. He was pretty highly drafted for a guy with his sort of stature, his sort of play style on the Raiders. My guess is his ADP went down two rounds, maybe even three rounds. Brian Edwards, his ADP probably went down six rounds from the September ADP that he had. So kind of a weird um, sort of gap in ADPs I think we're seeing. I do think Josh Jacobs is okay for best ball leagues. I've taken him in a couple just due to the way that works. You take the points and you just let it ride. But I think in season-long leagues, it's probably just to stay away from me. 
Um, on the flip side, obviously, I play more zero RB base. I think Kenyon Drake might be a good sort of zero RB target um, come come September because we'll probably get more reports that Jacobs looks really good, that the that he, the O line's running good, that that type of thing that we kind of always see with him, Chris Carson. Um, we're seeing with Cam Akers right now these running backs that are kind of in that that sort of um, non pass catcher powerhouse role. So I think you'll be able to get Kenyon Drake at a pretty decent price um, where he should have sort of a, a discounted Kareem Hunt role, if you will, from what I kind of think or envision for their play calling going forward. They also have Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick, the ghost of Theo Riddick, still on the Raiders, both uh, pass-catching pass specialists. And we know that the Raiders don't necessarily throw too much to their running backs currently under John Gruden. Um, and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are both decent pass catchers. It's just not really in their role for the most part, but uh, that is going to be interesting. Do you have a preference in dynasty with either Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake? Um, I think the answer is probably Drake just cost adjusted maybe, but that being said, this is the lowest you're ever going to get Josh Jacobs. Um, if that's sort of the way you like playing dynasty, you like buying these 20, I give an age range, 25 to 29 year old sort of veteran type running back. So honestly, probably both um, just because I feel like people are kind of throwing them aside. And I think, like I said, I think people are kind of like they're lazy is not the word, but they're like not trying to evaluate the Raiders passing game because they're just like take Darren Waller. That's it. But like something else has to happen in an offense or else like we were talking earlier, like they're going to have two wins. They're going to like they have to have a Nelson Aguilar type mm-hmm. like last year. That's why it worked out and they got six, seven wins because they were able to move the ball downfield. Like you can only do so much outside of Darren Waller. So uh, maybe paid more attention to the wide receiver depth chart. Maybe Ruggs is just a smash at his ADP. I, I know uh, our friend Bush is pretty high on him, pretty high on not even really a bounce back, but more of just a breakout um, for this year. And I, I can see it. I can easily see it this year. So he might be a target um, in the, I don't know, ninth, tenth round, roughly where he'll probably be going in September. Well, let's get into those wide receivers here. Henry Ruggs currently has an ECR of wide receiver sixty-one. Lucas, to your point, none of these guys are even on the radar at all. Let me let me break this down for you. Mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs ECR right now, wide receiver sixty-one, ADP wide receiver fifty-nine. Brian Edwards ECR wide receiver eighty. Uh, ADP one uh, seventy nine, one spot higher. And then John Brown, who I think people forget, came over from Buffalo to Las Vegas this year. He has the best ECR, and he's the best value as well with ECR ADP differential. ECR fifty six and ADP sixty eight. So fourteen spots lower in ADP than the experts have him with mm-hmm. John Brown. So let's start back up at the top here with Henry Ruggs. Ruggs was drafted 12th overall in 2020, of course, in the middle of the first round by the Raiders, but he played just 13 games as a rookie and made 26 receptions last year, Lucas. He played 13 games, and he had 26 catches. Quick math tells me that's two catches per I mean, game. He had like five the first game. I remember he had like a like like five for like 80 and a touchdown, if I remember right. Oh, my God. His yeah. average was two catches per game. Now, the Raiders did send Aguilar, who had a great season in Raiders' uh, standpoint last year. Aguilar's now with the New England Patriots, but they brought in John Brown as well. So the biggest question with this receiving core, A, is Brian Edwards going to be able to stay healthy? And B, is Henry Ruggs going to be able to be the one 
because last year he didn't step up to be the number one with Nelson Aguilar, who's been kind of a journeyman and in Philadelphia, they gave up on him and gave him to the Raiders. And then they brought in John Brown as well, who we know when healthy can play quite well as a deep threat. So we'll see how the Raiders utilize Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards was also drafted last year, another rookie in that draft class. He played only pieces of 12 games as a rookie. He had only 15 targets, but he caught 11 of those 15 targets. So the efficiency was much higher for Brian Edwards. Now the difference is we all saw in Alabama, Henry Ruggs was able to kind of be a, you know, slot and go kind of receiver, a deep threat, do all these different things like Jalen Waddle was this year as well. But the Raiders basically used him only as a deep threat. Well, they brought in John Brown, who was kind of only a deep threat at this point as well. Brian Edwards is more of a, you know, over the middle, uh, first down possession style receiver. And he's a guy that reminds me of Debo Samuel, A, unfortunately, with the injury comparison. But when he's got the ball in his hands, he's very strong. He was one of my favorite wide receivers uh, in this draft class coming out of South Carolina. And we'll just see if he can stay healthy and how the Raiders actually utilize him. Because if he can get, you know, kind of be a Robert Woods or a Juju Smith-Schuster in this offense, I think Brian Edwards could potentially, in PPR leagues especially, outpace Henry Ruggs, and you're getting him 20 picks later in drafts. So don't forget about Brian Edwards in deeper leagues and dynasty. And then John Brown, of course. We know about John Brown for years. He only played nine games last year, but he had a career year in 2019, finishing 20th in PPR here. So... For what it's worth, the Raiders have the third toughest fantasy strength of schedule for wide receivers. They start with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, the Chargers, the Bears, and your Broncos in the first six games. So for my money in drafts, you're getting value on these guys already, but I think you get even better value if you wait six weeks because you're not going to want to start in these guys right away anyway. Wait six weeks, see who's developing, who's healthy, who Derek Carr vibes with, because you have two returning rookies essentially in the second year and a new player in John Brown, who's going to be that number one, what positions do they play? And they have a bye week in week eight. So I might just wait to see who develops in this receiving core. Most of them are probably going to be on the waiver wire anyway, if they don't produce right away. So you might get them for free versus even taking a ninth, 10th, 11th round flyer on them. Why not take somebody else there with upside and and just wait uh, to see if the Raiders end up on the um, waiver wire. And then, before I get your feedback, quickly we'll talk about Darren Waller. There's not much to say that nobody else has said. Wide receiver two, or excuse me, tight end two in ECR and ADP. He's finished third in 2019, finished second last year. Uh, he had 100 more points, essentially, than Robert Tunyon did at tight end number three, just behind David um, Travis Kelsey. Played 60 games in each of his last two seasons. All of his numbers increased in 2020, including nine touchdowns up from just three in 2019. He led all tight ends last year in receptions with 107, targets with 145 tied with Travis Kelsey. He also led all tight ends with 27 red zone targets, which is massive, especially at the tight end position, and 21 red zone receptions. He finished 2020 with 278 PPR points. That would have been wide receiver six between Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson. So is there anything you'd like to add about Darren Waller? And let's break down these wide receivers here quick. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and John Brown. Yeah, I think the receivers, I was pulling up past ADP and some stats for Ruggs. I remember kind of going through. So Ruggs, his ADP was five spots higher last year than it currently is right now. And Edwards was 18 spots higher than it is right now. Um, Just general fantasy way I play, if that's the case, you just want to buy buy the dip, right? Hypothetically, people are going to say that. 
And then I pulled up some of Ruggs' stats. So his, his target quality rating on player profiler was first overall out of all receivers. Target separation first, average cushion third, yards per reception fifth, yards per target ninth, um, and then his average target distance, so A dot, was second. So like a, a player like this is sort of where you want to buy back on these lower end ADPs if you can get it cheaper than last year because I don't want to say these should even out and he should break out, but everything is there in terms of the big the big play potential that people liked. The quarterback's good. He's I guess the wide receiver one, unless John Brown or Waller is hypothetically, but he's going to probably have a decent um, sort of stat sheet like this again next year. We'll just see if it can hit at a better volume. Um, and yeah, Darren Waller, it sounds like a lot of people are ranking him second over Kittle from what I can see on Twitter. I don't really have yeah. input on the ranking hypothetically. Cause I mean, these those three are going to be amazing for fantasy. So I think he probably should be middle round two. Um, if I had to like guess, whereas I don't really know his, his um, I know his underdog. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. realistically where he's at. I think people are kind of finally leaning into the uh, early tight end that I've been doing the last like two years because it's proven to work every year. Um, so I think he's easily a a good pick to pair with a I don't know a, a Kamara or someone that you're getting at the 104, 105. Uh, any thoughts on John Brown and how would you rank the current Raiders wide receivers for redraft? Obviously, in Dynasty, you're going to punt John Brown, and then the other guys are flyers anyway. But in redraft this year, Lucas, how would you rank these three, Ruggs, Edwards, and Brown? And do you have any thoughts on John Brown in general coming over from Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, I think Ruggs is obviously the one, and I think it's a pretty big gap to John Brown that I think Edwards is probably below him. Um, I mean, John Brown, I get the signing. Um I think it seems good on paper, on vacated production, on roster construction of the team. But that being said, I don't think he's been healthy for a long time, as long as I can remember, I guess. And I think it says something to me that the Bills let him go and then sign Sanders, who's realistically the same player. Like, I think it's kind but of older. maybe – Yeah, they, yeah, well, yeah, but even older, which even, like, confuses it even more hypothetically. So, I mean, he might, he might be worth a shot in some of these best ball leagues, I guess. Maybe a redraft league here and there. But I, it's not going to be a five-catch-a-game-for-80-yards type player that Ruggs could be. Okay, before we move on to the Broncos here, I want to also – and this I know people hate kickers, but I want to give a shout-out here to my man Daniel Carlson, the Raiders kicker, currently has an ECR of you know kicker 13, which doesn't matter because it's kickers. However – Carlson did finish kicker four last year. So for those of you in the Scott Fishbowl that is currently drafting right now and over the next couple of weeks with the the, uh, the slow draft style, you can use a kicker in the Scott Fishbowl as a flex. I know that sounds ridiculous. I, I get it. But if a kicker is putting up like, like uh, Jason Sanders last year for the Miami Dolphins, he was putting up like 14 points a week. I mean – you have four mm -hmm. flex positions in the Scott Fishbowl. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a flex four, if you want to call it that, a wide receiver six, a running back five, you know, somebody like that, who's going to be putting up 10-plus fantasy points every single week. And kickers should be doing that for the most part, especially indoor kickers and kickers on good teams. So I know the cool thing nowadays is to get rid of kickers, and I get all that conversation. But in Scott Fishbowl conversation, which we're in right now, and those of you that play in kicker leagues, the Raiders were second in the NFL behind only the Atlanta Falcons with 19.6% of their drives ending in a field goal attempt. So what that means is they 
went down the field and the Falcons and young way Koo, my guy was the only kicker to have more opportunities per drive. So the Raiders drive and drive and drive and they stall for whatever reason. We know that penalties is always haunted the Raiders or, you know, incompletions, whatever it is, lack of efficiency inside the red zone. Daniel Carlson has more opportunities. So that's probably the most we'll ever talk about kickers on this podcast. However, I did want to throw a bone a little bit because I thought second in the NFL behind only the Falcons with nearly 20% of the Raiders drives ending in a field goal attempt matters. That's when you get, uh, fantasy points from your kicker who finished fourth last year and he's ranked as the 13th right now all right lucas why don't you take a break uh get a quick water break here before i turn you loose on the broncos i'm going to give a shout out to our next sponsor on the podcast and i want to give a big up to bomb banana hot sauce new sponsor of the podcast here promo code tck for 10 percent off of your order bomb banana hot sauce banana based not banana flavored make sure to go to seek the spice Dot com and at checkout, use the promo code TCK for 10% off of your order. We want to give a shout out to our friends out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, up there by Dweez. And these guys started a new innovative hot sauce out of their dorm room. They got a shout out in Forbes magazine and they have turned on other things. I'm, I'm looking forward to them making hot sauces out of other fruits, which I think would be great. We got 4th of July weekend as kind of just behind us at the time we're recording. So we hope that you use that uh, with bomb banana hot sauce and all of your grilled goods and make sure you grab a couple cases for draft season coming around the corner here. Once again, bomb banana hot sauce, banana based, not banana flavored hot sauce. Go to seekthespice.com. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of your order. All right, Lucas, before we get into the Denver Broncos here, uh, if there was any fruit that you could turn into a hot sauce, what would it be? Like ones that already can't be into hot sauces? No, no, just like, you know, banana-based hot sauce is what Bomb Banana has out now. Mm -hmm. If you were to take any fruit and convert it into a, 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 you know, like there's like jalapeno mango and habanero mangoes and stuff, what fruit would you turn into a hot sauce? Hmm. Uh, I maybe strawberries. I don't know if that'd be any Ooh. good. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Strawberries would be a nice sweet, kind of a sweet tang. Yeah. I like that. I love the, the mango and I think peach, I think peach is an easy one uh, to also yeah, turn yeah, into a, into a hot sauce. All right, buddy. It's been a long time, man. Again, a few months, you've had a, a few months off here. I'm excited for you to come back and join us here. Let's dive into your Denver Broncos. Now, people who are new to the podcast, maybe or haven't heard from you in quite a while. You are a Broncos fan. We'll be honest about that. But we pride ourselves here on the TCK pod about being unbiased when it comes to fantasy football. So I want you to give the fan perspective, but the fantasy unbiased perspective as well on your Denver Broncos. Man, why don't you go quarterback and running backs? I'll give my feedback quickly, and then I'll let you get into the wide receivers and tight end just like we did. Uh, It's been a while, man. Have some fun here with the Denver Broncos. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, I was hoping that when it came down to this episode, I'd be able to break down Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> both those did not happen. It was, yeah, it's unless, unless they spelled his name wrong and spelled it uh, T-E-D-D-Y, it's not Aaron Rodgers, I guess. But uh, I do like Teddy Bridgewater. I was pretty pretty big on him last year um, for from fantasy and betting purposes and just like overall team purposes for the Panthers. Uh, that being said, I couldn't really find any like um, legit – news on who the starter is going to be and i think it's for good reason i think they're just going to let it play out up until training camp so if you're drafting now the best advice would be just to not even take them um but it may will come september i think we'll have a clear view at who the quarterback is 
And honestly, I think um, we'll go through some of like the stats here with some of these receivers, but I think Teddy just makes the offense way more efficient. Um, Pat Shermer gets, uh, I probably should know if he's year two or three. I'm pretty sure he's year two, but I, yeah, I think it's year two. Um, get a new running back in there, get Sutton back. I think there's some, some potential with this offense, kind of one of the undervalued offenses. I think the Raiders offense for fantasy could be a little undervalued too. Um, a couple other ones probably that everyone will hear and go through, but Starting off with the quarterbacks, like I said, yeah, just wait to see who the starter is. Um, both their ADPs are like 35 and 36 for quarterbacks, and their ECRs are 33 and 34. So they're they're going to stay there until they know a clear starter. I can't imagine they jump up higher than the 25 or 26 ECR quarterback, which makes sense because there is the risk that either one of them gets benched for the other one, um, which or swapped, or maybe they split games or something too. So we'll see. On that end, maybe Teddy's a super flex QB2 at best, but after that, not really much more. The running backs are interesting, though. Um, I was pretty big on scooping up Melvin Gordon um, in Dynasty Leagues right after the season ended because he kind of enters that, I believe he's 28, that 27-28 range of people kind of give up on him. Uh, there is the potential for the Broncos drafting a running back, which I just didn't really think was going to happen. I remember we us talking about how Philip Lindsay was probably going uh, to not get signed back. That kind of was lined up ready to go if you will um but i was really shocked i guess that they traded up for javante williams um and the, the news came out that they traded up because the dolphins were going to take him so they, they really liked javante and they really didn't like communicate with javante that he was the pick if you will or like they were going to come up and get him it was kind of a shocker um to him i listened to an interview um but yeah going forward i guess where i'm shocked is these adps i guess so javante is an rb25 adp to Gordon's RB27, and their ECRs are actually Gordon RB27 and Javante RB30. So I think people are just kind of taking their time to adjust to this full switch of maybe Javante is the starter, maybe Gordon's the starter, not really for sure. But Gordon was RB14 last year, played 13 games, uh, kind of your Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson grows 14 points per game, just kind of gets the job done. Um, and that's kind of what I expect him to do coming into this year. That's why I was pretty big on going and picking him up. But there actually is rumors of him maybe getting cut, I guess. They can save some money, um, maybe money to go get Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Um, and I think it is viable. Uh, but I think the best thing to do now maybe is take Javante. I just don't know if I like the RB25 ADP with Javante yet because, I mean, he split carries in college. I get that him and Mike Carter are both good. But, like, it's just when it's like, it's like all these, these Alabama backup running backs, like Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris, like these guys that – Split carries weren't even the starter. They come in, people kind of like, oh, they're going to be a starter. And then we just see that they can't even do it at all. Because it just kind of – you can't go from taking eight carries a game in college to 20 and thinking it's going to work out in the NFL. So I think it's, that's another training camp report, if you will, that you just have to follow. Um, if Gordon does get cut, I don't know. I didn't pull up Mike Boone's ADP. But he'll be – I think I think even now he's still a really viable uh, zero RB guy. Um, obviously his ADP will rise if, if Melvin Gordon gets cut. But maybe you go scoop them in your dynasty leagues. Maybe if you are doing best balls right now or you're doing a redraft league, um, scoop him late just in case that were to happen. Uh, Mike Boone has been very explosive when he's played for the Vikings kind of in those. He's like the the prototypical um, week 15, 16 DFS play, it seems like, when Dalvin Cook is out. Um, so I think as much as it's, I want to like give advice, I guess, it's kind of just training camp reports um, we're waiting to hear on for now. And obviously, if Aaron Rodgers does get go to this team, these ADPs will shoot up um, just due to a overall team output will go up. Of course, and and maybe I uh, 
maybe I just didn't hear you, but I'm not sure you mentioned the best Broncos running back on the roster, which is Royce Freeman. Is there any chance my boy gets an opportunity or can you all just please do me a favor and release the man? Let him get it. Let him get a chance somewhere else. He's still only 25. He can catch the ball. He can run. He's been healthy enough. It's pretty frustrating that he's not getting an opportunity there here with my boy Royce Freeman. Um, I think you're absolutely right with, uh, with Mike Boone. I think that he's a great stash. He's a dynasty guy. Absolutely. As well. I want to kind of, capitalize on uh, an article that Bobby wrote, our co-host here, Bobby LaMarco, wrote a great article on football.rasball.com. You guys know you can go find a lot of his content over there. He wrote one specifically on Pat Shermer and his love for running backs. And there's a lot of great information here that you can check out. But Lucas, to your point here of of still targeting Melvin Gordon, even though he's kind of not very, not very sexy there, I think is somebody that you need to get and put on your roster because he is somebody that should get the work. Absolutely. And um, I'm looking back here since 2009, 2009, he had Steven Jackson and then he had Peyton Hillis, Trent Richardson, LaShawn McCoy, DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, Jarek McKinnon and Adrian Peterson, Dalvin cook, Latavius Murray and Dalvin cook, Saquon Barkley. And now, Melvin Gordon. So if we look all the way back to 2019, then we have the of statistical data to let us know that we have of 17.1 attempts per game for running backs, which is absolutely phenomenal. Okay. So from 2009 and 10, Steven Jackson had 21.6 and 20.6 Peyton Hillis, in 2011, that super Peyton Hillis season when he ended up on the cover of Madden, 16 attempts per game. Trent Richardson, who eventually ended up kind of fading out quickly, had almost 18 attempts per game under Pat Shermer. Then he had LaShawn McCoy, back-to-back seasons of 13 and 14. He had 19 and a half attempts per game. DeMarco Murray, 2015, had 13 attempts per game. Adrian Peterson in 2016, he had 15 and a half. Jarek McKinnon and Adrian Peterson had 13. 2017, Dalvin Cook, now, of course, he only played four games that season, but he had 18 and a half points per game, or excuse me, attempts per game. And then Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook had 17 in 2017. Saquon Barkley had over 16 attempts per game in 2018 and 19. And Dalvin or uh, Melvin Gordon last year had 14 attempts per game and that's 17.1 average for the running back under patch Shermer. So I don't see any reason why that can't be Melvin Gordon again this season. It could potentially be Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon isn't effective or he goes down and Lucas to your point could be Mike Boone as well or maybe even my boy um, Royce Freeman. So I think that's a great opportunity for the running back whoever it is for the Broncos steady RB2 with RB1 upside strictly based on volume and of course you're getting in redraft especially you're getting that price cut on Javante Williams and even Mike Boone as a flyer late now with Teddy and Drew Locke we saw what Drew Locke did last year up and down now I want to give Drew Locke kind of a pass because Sutton went down immediately. Jerry Judy was a rookie. Noah Fant was inconsistent and hurt. His boy, Albert O, his former teammate, came in. It was quite effective for two games, and he got hurt. Tim Patrick was awesome for a couple of games, but somewhat inconsistent. Um, 
you know, Deshaun Hamilton was okay, but not very consistent as well. And KJ Hamler was also a rookie. And then you had a new running back also with Melvin Gordon coming in for Philip Lindsay. So the offense in general was kind of in shambles last year with the Broncos. And Drew Locke had his ups and downs. Fine. Teddy Bridgewater has played for multiple teams, and we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. He's a very efficient and highly effective quarterback, low ceiling, decent floor, can't run anymore necessarily, but he's going to have pinpoint accuracy, which we know, but a low A dot. But when he throws it deep, he's also quite accurate. So it's going to be interesting to see which quarterback benefits this offense. If it's Drew Locke with more of like a run and gun down the field, that probably benefits KJ Hamler and um, Corlin Sutton. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, then Jerry Judy should be at least DJ Moore in this offense. And maybe they push the ball a little bit downfield. And I like the tight ends a little bit more there as well. So it'll be very interesting to see who wins out this position battle at quarterback drew lock from last year or bringing in Teddy B looks like Teddy B looks really good. And he and Jerry Judy have hit it off early here. So we'll see what happens with the Broncos quarterback and uh, running back scheme. But Lucas, maybe you can tell me something here uh, with these wide receivers and uh, tight ends here for the Broncos. Yeah, I think the main one is that like the um, scaredness, if that's the word, of Corlton Sutton ADP and ranking. He's, he's going as the wide receiver 32 right now in these high stakes leagues. Um, his underdog ADP, I think, is 31. So he's kind of floating around there. And I think the part that shocks me is so two years ago, 2019, he played a full season where they had Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, big, big cluster of quarterbacks. And he ranked over all receivers. He was tied for fifth in red zone targets at only a 50% conversion rate when the Broncos ranked 26th in um, red zone – or sorry, the Broncos ranked overall 26th in red zone uh, accuracy, meaning every time they got in there did they come out with a touchdown or field goal. And then vice versa, they ranked like 23rd, I think, in overall red zone attempts. So he ranked fifth while being a team of 23rd, meaning he was just the main target in the red zone. And I don't think – Judy affects that role at all because I think, um, like you said with Teddy, that's sort of sort of quick. Uh, if, if you watched or remember the game they played the Titans Week One when Sutton was healthy, Judy was running really quick, short slants, short hitch hitch routes within the five yard sort of range, and he got peppered with targets because that's where he excelled at college. Everyone can talk about his his route running and his footwork because he, he does burn guys in the short game. So I think come now, like Sutton basically obviously coming off an ACL, which is kind of scary, I guess. But he has an upgraded situation from two years ago when he had the fifth most red zone targets in the league with Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, and Drew Locke. If Teddy gets the the job, right, if he's the main quarterback, like that red zone efficiency and red zone accuracy is only going to go up, which means that Cortland Sutton, who is fantastic in the red zone, is only going to see more targets. He's only going to produce more on those targets than he did two years ago. in which, And then he's sitting at wide receiver 32, um, just naming names off here. Like, I think I would take him honestly over Claypool, Juju, obviously Odell, DJ Chark. I think that two, I think three Pittsburgh Steelers receivers and two Cincinnati re- receivers over him just seems kind of iffy, right? Because it seems kind of hard for all three of those receivers on the Steelers for how much people don't like the Steelers this year to actually finish ahead of him. So I think he's had a good capital uh, uh, opportunity to capitalize on. And then Judy, I think in his own right, he's wide receiver 36 ADP, um, 38 ECR. I think that's pretty fair for a ranking because I think it's kind of like a Henry Ruggs situation where like ideally we think he's going to break out. This is all going to happen. But 
he did have some drops last year. He actually, I think he, I don't know if he broke the record, but I know he was first for um, worst target quality when yeah. targeted to him. I, I think it was the record. I, I want to say, yeah, it was it was brutal. Like people could say he had drops, but if I mean his target quality was, I have it right here, hundred seventh in target target accuracy, ninety seventh in target premium, which is on player profile. It basically, just compares um, the, the the team output, like how good they are in like some algorithm with the targets. So it's not just like target accuracy because maybe they're running only Hail Mary passes, right? So like you kind of have to have a big uh, combination of it. And he ranked sixth in total air yards while being 31st in completed air yards. So like he can play, right? Like we saw this last year, there was games where he broke big plays and we'll see. We'll see if Teddy Bridgewater can sort of activate that, sort of open up the offense a little more. So I think the pass catchers, and obviously there's Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler in your dynasty leagues and your deeper leagues, maybe your best ball leagues, if you will. They won't have much value come redraft unless there's injuries um, to these guys. But I think the receivers are in a really good spot to capitalize um, on their ADP. And honestly, like I could see, I mean, if you just go on the site with the ADP, like Tyler Boyd's below Sutton, Robbie Anderson's below Sutton, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Will Fuller, like, I could see sort of where those guys kind of overtake Sutton just due to training camp news, people talking about the ACL, concerned about the quarterbacks. I think I'm just going to keep trying to capitalize on these ADPs um, for Colton Sutton, for Jared Judy. And then it comes down to, I guess, the tight end, Noah Fant. Um, I don't – I feel like there's not really much to say anymore. He's the tight end eight. He finishes the tight end nine last year. I just feel like as much as it sucks and I want him to be a top five tight end, I feel like he's just the tight end eight every year. Um, and for the most part – if you're taking tight ends in the middle rounds, if they're not going to be a top five tight end, it's kind of a waste of a pick. You'd rather shoot your shot later in the round. I'm not saying don't draft Noah Fant, but I think he's just going to need eight to ten touchdowns to be a top five tight end behind uh, Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, maybe Pitts or Andrews or Hawkinson. And I just don't know if he can really get there with kind of the way I feel like the target tree in the red zone behind Sutton, Judy, and the running backs is going to go. But that being said, he's still a safe option um, just due to his big playability and kind of he gets the five to six targets a game. Um, and even game one last year, too, he got targeted pretty early uh, just because he is that dynamic playmaker at tight end. How about Albert O? Any thoughts on the – it came in last year, a little bit of hype. Drew Locke and he went to college together. Um, he, he stepped up pretty well before he got injured. Uh, he's Again, he's, he's a dynasty – kind of stash at this point, but um, just to cover all bases, any thoughts on Alberto? Yeah, I mean, like, he's just an athletic freak. Maybe you hold him in deeper leagues. Uh, if no fan gets hurt, obviously he'll probably be the number one tight end uh, waiver. He might even be the number one waiver if the offense is clicking and no fan gets hurt. Um, I mean, I liked what I saw last year. It's just kind of hard to find a role for him in an offense that I mean, doesn't really run two tight end sets, like, at all. Like, obviously they ran some with him, but an offense that's going to run a lot of three and four receiver sets, it's just hard to find room to even have fantasy value. And Lucas, let's uh, just for a second before I give a reaction, because I think this is important as well. Um, again, you are a legit Broncos fan, so you watch the Broncos a little tighter than I do. For example, I watch the Niners tighter than you do. Bobby's a Giants fan, Dewey's is a Bears fan, yada, yada. Um, just take your fantasy hat off for a second. As a, as a fan watching the game, last year you and I drafted – uh, we were in a uh, kind of an industry league, if you will, a dynasty league. The hype on Drew Locke last year in fantasy was insane. It was going to be that next level jump, right? Like everyone was like, this offense is clicking. He's in year two. They've got Jerry Judy now. They've got Albert O, his old teammate. They've got Melvin Gordon coming in. Philip Lindsay's still there. Like 
everybody expected a huge jump for this offense. Now, look, Drew Locke was average, and the offense got beat up. We know the rest is history. But coming in last year with the hype so high, are they kind of like, is the entire Denver Broncos offense from Drew Locke to Melvin Gordon to Teddy to all the receivers, even the tight ends, are the Broncos kind of as an as an entity like post-hype sleepers this year where everybody's discounted? Everybody's discounted. Yeah. Jerry Judy should take a huge leap if he can stay healthy. Cortland Sutton, I agree with you on the, the ACL, like you just don't know. But ACL injuries aren't what they were five years ago. These guys bounce back quickly. And it's different than like a high ankle sprain or a bone spur or, you know, some of this stuff that has plagued wide receivers. ACLs aren't as treacherous as they used to be. Um, a lot of quarterback questions, but just as a fan, how do you feel about the Broncos coming back this year after the super hype last year, kind of disappointing season coming into 2021? Yeah, I mean, like as I was saying, I feel like everyone's discounted. Um, you play, you play the the ADPs of fantasy. You you win on betting, betting on ADPs, not on players, obviously. And I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell because the Chargers got pretty dang good, and the Chiefs are always going to be good. So it's hard to envision. Um, not an easy path to. It's hard to envision a path to victory due to the fact that we could be a nine, ten win team and be third in our division. Um, and it's true. obviously, that, there's other divisions that are like that, but it's just kind of hard to overcome that. That being said, I mean, we'll see. I think that Teddy being, uh, I think the accuracy Teddy brings is what we'll see with the Panthers last year and the Broncos roster compared to the Panthers last year is their defense is ten times better than the Panthers was last year. So maybe that does click. Um, maybe they start to make better decisions in play calling due to the fact that they have an efficient passer that they don't they're not worried about the quarterback being good they're worried about making the plays good with the quarterback they have so I mean we'll see they got a pretty good good uh opening to the schedule I'm pretty sure they have Jets Jags Texans I want to say maybe it's pretty pretty easy opener uh that maybe they can run three and oh two and one and kind of get some momentum going I love that Quick reactions here before we move on. Uh, again, it, it really depends on the quarterback, but I do like Cortland Sutton. Last year, I drafted him in the sixth round of every league, and of course, that bombed out. This year, I'm kind of taking advantage of like a seventh round ADP and trying to take take uh, advantage because I do think that the upside, even with Uncle Flacco for a couple games a couple mm-hmm. years ago, he was he was still very solid. So I believe in the talent of Cortland Sutton if he can stay healthy. Jerry G is quickly becoming. It's it's quick. It's becoming one of these like C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones things, where last year, before the injury, it was clearly like the rookie coming in and Cortland Sutton establishing himself as a true one. Well, he goes down, and Judy obviously fell on his face because the quarterback was terrible. But if Judy can stay, uh, hit the upside with an accurate quarterback, and Sutton can too. Let's not forget Teddy Bridgewater supported three. Wide receiver twos last year in Carolina with um, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. Now, a lot of that had to do probably with uh, Christian McCaffrey being out for most of the season, but nonetheless, he was able to do it. Now, if he's able to to get that deep bomb to Cortland Sutton to get that touchdown upside in the PPR monster that Jerry Judy should be with a nice yard-after-catch ability, both these wide receivers can certainly impress and surpass their current ADP. As a fan, Lucas, last question before we move on. Who do you want to be your quarterback, Drew Locke, or do you want to turn the keys over to Teddy B? Uh, I mean, I want Teddy B. I'm kind of over the Drew Locke um, experiment, um, and I like winning. I like watching my team win football games. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy gives us the best shot. I mean, hopefully Aaron Rodgers just comes in like three, four weeks and 
yeah, that'd be. I mean, that it would easily be the best division in football from like an output standpoint. But like, I'm not like watching Rodgers and Herbert twice a year, Herbert and Mahomes twice a year, and Rodgers and Mahomes twice a year would be would be super fun for the division. And look again, we just talked about Derek Carr. I know that he would be fourth on the tier of that. But yeah. Derek Carr is still Derek Carr can still compete. Have the Raiders compete? The Raiders should have beat the Chiefs twice last year, right? The Chargers yeah. are getting better. Like the Raiders will be competitive-ish. I just don't know that they have the defenses to catch up with those three teams as well. All right, man. Any final thoughts here on your Denver Broncos or anything you want to bring back here to the Raiders for fantasy purposes here? Before we uh before we cut you loose. Nah, man, just another another draft where John Gruden proved that he's not a good coach. I guess is about it. So not not much else besides that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Lucas Kaser, the uh, the leader of the John Gruden fan club, appreciate that. Yeah. Before we get out of here, man, I want to give another shout out here, really quick, to our newest sponsor. That is Red Zone Draft Boards. Use the promo code TCK for ten percent off. You go to Draft with Red Zone. Com. You have the red zone draft board. So those of you, look, in most places, right, the quarantine has loosened. You're able to get out and about. And if you're able to have a live draft responsibly this summer, make sure to do it with Draft with Red Zone and get your draft board from Draft with Red Zone, TCK 10% off. You get a draft board. You get all the stickers. You get custom stickers. You, they have rings. They have trophies. They have, you know, like, uh, you know, smack talking uh labels you can wear you can put on people who maybe finished last last year you can call your shot this year they have all sorts of fun things check out the draft package of red zone draft boards at draftwithredzone.com use the promo code tck for 10 percent off all right lucas we're gonna get out of here man but it has been an absolute blast to have you back on this on the team for this evening's uh breakdown of the raiders and the broncos hopefully we can do it again soon. You can make sure to find Lucas on Twitter at Lucas Kaser. That's L-U-K-A-S-K-A-C-E-R, the number two on Twitter, Lucas Kaser 2 On Twitter, you can find me, of course, at my name, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. And on Instagram, you can find the TCK at Fantasy Football underscore TCK pod. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rate and review right here on YouTube and also anywhere you listen to the Believe Podcast Networks. Lucas, it's been a pleasure, man. We hope to have you back real soon. Best of luck to your endeavors working. Hopefully we'll have you back this summer and for the season. But either way, best of luck to your Broncos, man. Thanks for coming back and joining us for episode 406. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.